It's exciting, but also a little scary when you actually embark on a project that you've talked about for a long time. And that's what's happening with our orchard expansion. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of January the 5th, 2011. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. I think it's our first podcast of the new year. And you wished me this morning a uh, happy 12th night day. Or Epiphany Eve, if you will. That's right. Tomorrow we will celebrate Epiphany and we will enter the uh, the new season in the liturgical year, which will be fun. And by the way, we'll be celebrating Epiphany at the Church of the Epiphany, in, uh, which is the, the Episcopal Church of the Epiphany, complete name, in Tallahassee, which is where we are members. And uh, it's kind of a special night for us. Yes, and for whatever reason, we did not participate in this service last year, so I, we will um, have our... I think, I think I was sick as a dog still. Had okay. a terrible sinus infection, so that may be why. I'm so glad and grateful to be healthy this year. I'm Aren't knocking we, on wood. <laughs> so we are underway now with the orchard expansion. Um, we faced a critical question here just before we got started about whether or not to leave the stumps in place on the orchard area. And um, you told me this is the way it's going to be. I wasn't quite that emphatic about it, but I I could see all kinds of reasons not to have as many stumps as we would have if we left them. There are a lot of trees out there, and I just know the havoc that stumps have wreaked on Veg Hill, the few that we've had. We had some allelopathic... um, fall out from some of them, you know, that, that created problems growing in the around them. And um, and they just get in the way. They get in the way, right. And, and, you know, my vision of a pretty orchard is to have some kind of grass or ground cover growing around it and not a bunch of stumps. So I think this is going to be for the best. So as you can probably already tell, we've decided to go ahead and pull the stumps um, <clears throat> for just so you know why the decision was difficult for us. We have a continuing issue of erosion here at Longleaf Breeze. If you ever find a spot where two of your feet are on the same level, uh, that's a special day indeed. <laughs> that's right. So we had decided earlier, or at least tentatively planned earlier, to leave the stumps in place as a way of inhibiting erosion. But you decided, and I am not um, in disagreement with it, that the disadvantages of leaving the stumps in place outweighed the advantages. So we are grateful for help from my older brother, Dave Gray, who is going to bring his bulldozer to Longleaf Breeze for one more frolic. And uh, when he comes, we hope we will have cut all of the trees, uh, bucked them for for firewood, and mulched the branches right. so that all he will have to deal with is stumps. That makes it easier on him, and also it enables us to use that wood for good. You know, it's, it's, it's a better stewardship of cutting down those trees. We I have agree. firewood, and we have 
um, some perfectly good mulch that we can use in um, as we plant around the property. And Dave Gray would be more than willing to push down the whole tree. That's not a problem yeah. for the bulldozer. It's just that in the process, that wood would get, it, it would be a lot harder to use it for firewood. Yeah. And a lot harder to use it for mulch. Yeah. So I think we're doing the right thing, even though it's work intensive here on the front end, uh, especially for you with your having to, to take down those trees with a chainsaw. And it's slow going and a little dicey. Uh, that's probably worth our having a short conversation about. I'm an Eagle Scout. I was taught as an Eagle Scout how to cut down a tree. And I'm, I don't think I'm an idiot. I don't think I'm uh, sloppy or careless in the way I cut down a tree. But uh, with all of the skill I bring to the process, um, I am... Not at all sure that the tree is going to come down where I want it to come. So, you know, let's say that I can count on the tree coming down where I want it to come 75% of the time. I can enhance that a little bit by hooking it up with a chain and a come along and hitching to a tree and putting some tension on it so that it goes, so that the, the chain pulls it in the right direction. And maybe I can increase that ch that chance by 10% so that it's now an 85% chance it's going to come down where I want it to come. But that still leaves a 15% chance that it's going to fall in the wrong place. Or the last couple of days, what I've experienced is not fall at all. Ooh, yeah. So I've got a tree that's half up and half down and leaning. And that's just really not an attractive prospect at all. I'm hopeful that by the time I bring down all these trees, I will know better how to do that so that I won't have that um, risk as badly as I do now. So what I'm trying to do is cut down trees right now in an area where they can do relatively little damage if they fall in the wrong direction. Right. That makes sense. You can you don't have to start with any particular tree other than you know the, your main criterion is safety and ease of getting to that tree to cut it down. And seeking to avoid smushing the trees that are already growing out there. Oh, our current <laughs> our current fruit trees. That's right. Yes, that, that's really important not that to is smush important. The, and the little pear trees and, and apple trees. And seeking to avoid smushing um, sad longleaf, the mascot right. of longleaf breeds. I know. So right now we're cutting far away from sad longleaf and as far away as possible from the already existing trees in hopes that um, Lee can make as many mistakes as possible while it doesn't matter. And yeah. then when, the, uh, when it does matter, then we'll be doing it right. Good point. Well, and, and you've talked about your, um, your chainsaw and what good shape you have it in right now. It's awfully important. I uh, when you're cutting down trees, that you have a really sharp chain. And I think I've mentioned on a, a podcast a long time ago, I've matured in my approach to sharpening my chain. I've graduated from trying to do it myself, and I pay farmer's feed, and we tumpka $5 a chain to do it for me. And it's just a whole lot more satisfactory to get those chains professionally sharpened 
they cut so much better. They they hold their edge better. So, um, and I have many chains. So, if I ever dip my chain in the dirt or hit a rock with it so that it starts cutting in a slow, frustrating manner, rather than you know soldier on with the dull chain, I'll immediately stop and change the chain out to get one that's nice and sharp. Not only does it make cutting more pleasant and faster, it also saves fuel. Right. You know, when you're cutting with a dull chain, you're pouring a whole lot of gasoline on a little bitty progress that you're making. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. And it just, I'm sure it's safer, just like using a sharp knife uh, on when you're cutting food. It's really, if you, as long as you keep your fingers out of the way, it's actually safer because you're not having to... Um, you don't get it stuck or something like that, I guess, right. as often. So. And you don't run the risk that you're going to keep pressing, 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 pressing and lose the control of the chain right. and all that sort right. of thing. And I've seen you out there with your chains and come along. You've used that to help you get the tree to go in the right direction, haven't you? To help, yeah. To help. That <laughs> <laughs> It certainly doesn't make it a certainty. But we're ending up with a lot of firewood. And, you know, all I've taken down now, I'd say we're... Uh, less than 10% into the job, and we've got a whole lot of um, um, firewood stacking up on the lodge site. And we also are building up a nice little supply of mulch. I know. We started adding the new mulch to in a, in a, in a separate spot so that we didn't uh, get it mixed up with some mulch that we've had aging for a while. So right. Yeah, can use that other mulch first. What we've learned from Master Gardener is you don't want to use fresh, freshly cut mulch on your crops right away. Um, and it has to do with the way they disintegrate and use up nitrogen. If the mulch is fresh, it's going to be decomposing at a fast rate, and it's going to suck nitrogen out of the soil. Which we do not want. <laughs> Don't want that at all. Right. So our approach at Longleaf Breeze is whenever we have fresh mulch, we're going to let it sit in a pile for at least six weeks before we attempt to use it on the crops. Um, but we ended up <clears throat> with all of this firewood stacking up, and the question we have now is, what do we do with it? We've got a, our firewood pallets are, you know, we got one pallet that's empty, but that's about it. So what do we do with all this firewood? Do we just let it sit out there in the weather? Do we try to uh, split it and stack it and get it up off the ground in hopes that that'll help it last a little longer? I think that might be the thing to do. We can contribute some of it to the lake, I guess. And some of it to our friends. Right. We have friends and family who can use a little firewood, so we'll mm -hmm. be rooting around looking for places and people who need firewood and try to help them with some. But basically, we've got a whole lot of extra firewood and are in, fast in the process of generating more. Right. But we don't want to waste that wood, and that's such a good use for it. So um, anyway, it's something to think about. I hadn't even mentioned to you maybe the idea that we could save some of the wood to use to build a lodge. Make floors out of it or cabinets? Uh, you don't look too happy about that uh, idea. Uh, the reason is that in order to have wood that you use for construction, I think you need bigger logs than what we have. Right. These trees are not that big. And, Our you know, logs yeah. tend to be, you know, 
six inches wide, seven inches wide, something like that. Yeah. Rarely long, rarely wider than that. So. so really, their best use is for firewood. Yeah. Which, so and it, we'll and we're doing. glad to have the firewood. Yeah. Yeah. We're enjoying the, the effects of some firewood this morning. It's raining outside and we're um, enjoying our wood stove. Nice to have that going. Well, we talked about the the ultimate future of this uh, orchard spot this year, and we're hoping, I'm hoping, that we can actually make it in time to plant some fruit trees this year. I'm hopeful. I know we should be able to plant blueberries. That shouldn't be a problem because they're separate from the orchard expansion, right. and there's no reason we can't go ahead and get your... Um, additional blueberries in the ground this year. Beyond that, I question whether it's going to happen. And I guess I question whether it does us a lot of good to rush to get a fruit tree in the ground without letting its roots get established. I'm not sure it's going to do that much good. So we're we're struggling with that. It really sort of depends on how fast we can get the trees cut how fast Dave Gray can get his bulldozer here and finish what he needs to do. And then, of course, we've got that trellis that needs to be in place. Right. We don't want to plant the trees and then come along and be poking holes for trellis. The trellis needs yeah. to be in place when we plant the trees, so, I think. So, I mean, I think I'd be happy if we got the trellises and some good ground cover or grass established there to, to hold the soil. I think I would, too. And, I, you know, we've got our eye on the long term here. Yeah. It's not like we've just got to have a crop right away. It's more important to me that we do it right than that we do it this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll But we'll see. We'll see how it goes and yeah. uh, obviously both of us would love to be able to get some trees in the ground this year so that well, they can be so they can have the benefit of a full growing season. And when you think about it, I guess I'm playing both sides here, but last year we were very late getting those fruit trees in. We were, did, and I'm not sure they, did, they did that much growing over the summer. Some of them did. The apple yeah. trees did. Yeah, the, the apple apples trees and pears, and the pears. Did. Yeah, so, um, and we had the drought. We, these we're planning to drip, So yes. as we've talked about. So I, I think we've got a different situation anyway this year. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I know we're we're low on time, so let's talk about some of the other things going on here at the farm. What well, about the- I have a a full pickup truck full of leaves that we raked at the lake, and um, at some point I need to get those leaves out on the ground and get some compost yeah. turned in with them. Yeah, that'd um, be good because that that's something we don't have a lot of from, since we don't collect leaves here at the farm we don't have access to them but the, the so lake's a great source it's an interesting phenomenon here we have lots of trees and leaves fall all the time but because we are up on a knoll sort of where we have the barn as soon as they fall they tend to blow off and they blow off into the woods where it's very difficult for us to rake them and use them. And would we really want to anyway? I wouldn't want to because that's nature's way of composting the forest. So I'd say leave them. So we really don't have a way to gather leaves here at the farm. Um, and so we're dependent on raking them at other places and bringing them in, which is interesting. You, you wouldn't expect that to be the case. But hopefully we can get those uh, lake leaves <clears throat> into the composting system 
as soon as possible? Uh, as soon as possible. Yeah. need to get them out on the ground and get them turned in with some nitrogenous material that we've generated from our kitchen mm -hmm. compost and so forth. Right. And um, we also had some work going on with our electrical system here in the barn. Brent and Milner and his folks came and did a good job. Uh, we have several new outlets now here and there in places where we knew that uh, they would be helpful. <laughs> Lights. <laughs> we have a we have one bathroom here, but in the process of living, we've discovered how helpful it is to have additional lavatories. So we actually have three sinks that we can use. And at our request, Brent put in outlets and lights by each of those sinks, which is really helpful. I've already enjoyed using mine, and I think you've used yours. I, I well. love mine. So now I have my own little, you know, laundry sink kind of set up and uh, vanity, or it's actually a, a pretty nice-looking medicine cabinet, and vanity lights over those. So when I need to just, you know, we have a yours, mine, and ours kind of situation yeah. with the with the sinks. He also put in an outlet for a range that you and I have decided we will add at some point. Um, we made much when we moved in here of the fact that we did not have a range, and we still don't have any plans to have a range here in the apartment. But I think both of us have discovered how helpful it would be every now and then to be able to cook on a range. So we're, we have an outlet out on the front porch where we will... Um, install a range next time we have we find one that's available cheap right and um, that so we're grateful that that's done I guess the main work that Brent and his two helpers Travis and Manlin did was to wire our chimes oh those chimes are great I think we might have talked about that as far as our Christmas presents but this carillon that you gave me is a Christmas present which I love um, we sat around in the apartment for a few days and chimed the hour, and you could play songs on it. But now we have it, because thanks to Brent and his group, up installed with two speakers that go out into the different directions here on the farm. You can set it at different volumes, and we have found that the lowest volume actually gets you pretty good coverage. Yeah. But you can turn it up just a notch if you want to go for a nice walk around the property and hear the chimes from far away. So we've been enjoying concerts of hymns, mostly Christmas. Um, here in a, at once Epiphany starts, we'll go to a more just ordinary time. I, I think that will be more ordinary um, time. But uh, it's really fun. I've enjoyed it. I agree. And uh, I guess I also am enjoying my new tractor. We have a Kubota L4330 that uh, I had the chance to use last week, and I think I'm going to love it. Oh, that's great. Well, good. And eventually we will have it at the farm. Right now it's doing its duty at our suburban home, doing some cleanup. And we were glad to have it because we got a lot of good work done last week, and we'll need to do some more. Right. But then we'll be finished with it and may be ready to move it on down to the farm. So uh, I guess that's about all the time we have this week. We will look forward to visiting with you soon. And uh, at some point, we need to tell you all about our wood stove. That's uh, overdue. We'll do that soon. Have a good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. 
We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.